0: Good morning, I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the February 20th, 2018 edition of Ask a Leader. Today we have on tap guests with special purposeful events in the offing this coming weekend. Ani Zonefeld, founder and president of Muslims for Progressive Values, will talk about their annual celebration of life, honoring and remembering several activists killed or jailed for their activism in Muslim theocracies. Last year's event was really impressive, and I'll be intent on carrying a little water for those courageous souls. Ani will have other enterprises to share with Muslims for Progressive Values' ambitious roster of activities throughout 2018, if time allows. In the second segment, Veterans for Peace Golden Rule project manager Helen Jacquard will talk about the Peace Boat Party pulling into Newport Beach this weekend, covering themes like atmospheric nuclear weapon testing. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. (music) you. <music> we have the distinguished Ani Zahnerfeld on Tapped On right now. Ani is founder and president of Muslims for Progressive Values, a faith-based grassroots international human rights organization that embodies and advocates for traditional Quranic values of social justice and equality for all for the 21st century, hoping Ladies and gentlemen, we let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Ani has presided over Muslims for Progressive Values expansion to include chapters and affiliates in 12 countries and 19 cities. She has organized numerous interfaith arts and mess and music festivals, participated in many interfaith dialogues, and I can attest to the remarkable one at Politicon in Pasadena last July, and she is a strong supporter of human rights and freedom of expression. She's the brainchild of Literary Zikr, a project that encounters Radical Islam online and co-editor of Muslims for Progressive Values' first book and anthology entitled Progressive Muslim Identities, Personal Stories from the U.S. and Canada. She's contributed to many forwards and numerous anthologies and, and is a contributor for Huffington Post, Open Democracy, and Al Jazeera, known for, among other productions, her TEDx talk entitled Islam, As American as Apple Pie. I've introduced her prior, so the the longer introductions we're going to refer you to on previous programs on Ask a Leader. She once again comes to us from Los Angeles, welcome to Ask a Leader on his own film. Good morning, Claudia. Good, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Well, you've got lots going on to get this um, everybody lined up for this weekend. So before we head into the celebration of life on Sunday in L.A., I'd like to find out, since you last were on the show, you rolled out an organization known as AIM, A-I-M uppercase, and Alliance of Inclusive Muslims. Tell us, Ani, about AIM and how it fits into Muslims for Progressive Values' organizational scheme of things.
1: Absolutely. I'm really excited to announce to the world that uh, AIM, or Alliance of Inclusive Muslim, was launched October 1st, 2017, in Tunisia. And it's an umbrella organization, uh, a human rights umbrella organization, made up of Muslim entities, groups uh, from all over the world, from Argentina all the way to Malaysia, and across in between Burundi, Kenya, France, um, the Germany, the Netherlands, Canada, US, and uh, Pakistan, India, etc. And the whole focus is on undermining radicalism. We believe that undermining the theology of radicalism will uplift and affirm human rights. So if we can do away, debunk the theory of radical Islam as truth, then uh, we, have, we would eliminate a lot of the human rights abuses, not just in the Muslim world, but also in the West, where in Muslim communities, um, there are some really misogynistic, homophobic, and intolerant practices. Um, and how it fits in um, it, with a bigger scheme um, is that we are now registered as a human rights organization in Geneva. So we've done that in the wow. last few months. So I'm I'm really excited with our progress. And we will be basically the thorn to a lot of the Muslim-majority countries at um, at the United Nations in Geneva when they substantiate their human rights abuses in the name of Sharia law or in the name of Islam. And so this is, but on a bigger scale, because the Muslim-majority countries collectively are known as OIC, the um, organization... um, uh, of Islamic co- cooperation, and they always claim that we—they uh, speak for all Muslims—and that wow. is hogwash. And so we are there basically collectively as an umbrella to say, no, you don't, because here are all these Muslim organizations that completely disagree with your stance. And this has been MPVs, Muslims for Progressive Values, work for 10 years. But being an American-based organization, there is the perception that we're just an American tool. We're Western Muslims. We're making Islam up. Um, and so this umbrella organization will debunk that um, that um, you know mischaracterization of MPV, um, so it is an extension. It is a
0: ramping up of what MPV has been doing. And you say it's based in Geneva, but we will there be ways that we can sort of follow. We can contribute. I mean, is, I mean, or we just we do it through MVP Muslims for Progressive Values.
1: Um, no, we have our own website now. Right, uh, it's aim a i m as in Mary dot ngo and we just set up our bank account okay, <laughs> so we don't have access we don't have that set up yet but uh, for now you can contact uh, muslims for progressive values i am the treasurer um for the organization and uh, the board members are are coming from all over the world uh, malaysia the netherlands the
0: u.s and burundi all right well yes So I guess you'll be able to talk about that at the Sunday celebration of life. Well, you know, those that are attending are going to find out more about that. But let's let's talk about the event Sunday with there will be personal tributes, poetry readings. And uh, you've got always a very ambitious program. I really was I was really taken by how much you got done and the opportunity for everybody to meet everyone and to to really deeply come to grips with what these brave people have done, uh, sort of swimming upstream of this, uh, you know, super retro observation of Islam. So let's talk about, well, generally what you want to get done, and then we'll talk about the honorees, those uh, in absentia, all of them, of course.
1: Yeah. Celebration of life is a way for us to prove and to debunk a lot of this notion that progressive Muslims don't exist, and by honoring these human rights defenders in the Muslim world who have been persecuted, jailed, tortured, or killed, we are saying to the public, look, this is what happens to uh, progressive Muslims who are fighting the fight on the ground in the Muslim world. This is what happens to them, and a lot of times you know, nobody knows about them. Um, unless you're in the human rights work, Right. Um, you know who these names are, and you advocate for them, and that's what M P V does. And it's very frustrating for me as a Muslim, even the name Muslims for Progressive Values. People shy away from us. Media does, don't want to report about our work because they think, oh, we're a religious organization. But, you know, we are uh, an organization that advocates for human rights. We just so happen to be Muslim. And for many people, it's still like, mm, nah, I don't think so. Um, it's not possible for a Muslim to be affirming of human rights, for LGBT rights. And so... For us bringing like minded people and it, you know muslims and non muslims atheists, because for us we believe we're all human race we we have to all advocate for each other 's rights, regardless of what religion you are, so we have our honorees uh are from this one we 're going to be Honoring uh, Nadia Anjuman, who is a famous yes. poet f- from Af- Afghanistan, and she was killed by her husband for her advocacy on women's rights. And Zulhakzmanen is a LGBT Bangladeshi man.
0: Not so fast, is- An- uh, Ani. Let's just take a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll talk one at a time here. Nadia okay. Anjuman, and the, I think the distinction needs to be understood and the, uh, the cultural frame of reference is that her husband killing her is considered, as you say, it. You're an preparing us. It's an yeah. honor crime, so there's yeah. a huge cultural overlay to this in this observation of Islam. So this—that's right. Yeah, <sighs> and so uh, and you know, obviously as
1: activists, well. And, and and from a faith-based perspective, well, there's no such thing as an honor crime, and we're also very proud to say that the person that's going to be reading as Nadia is yes. going to be Emiliana Guerrecha, who is the the organizer for the Women's March in Los Angeles. So, wow. um, so. So this is how we pair things up, right? Yes. Someone who's prominent in our community, like Emiliana, who is so gracious because, you know, she, puts, she gives the stage to everyone but herself. And I thought, you know, this is someone that we as Los Angelinos need to honor. And so... Um, Emily so I'm very happy that she's going to be doing the idea. Yeah. I'm glad
0: you bring and, that part of the program up. Is it's, it's about the person and about the pairing of the person presenting about them. It, it's so profound. So I would like to, for everybody to be able to read more about these individuals that you're going to talk about that will be honored uh, at the muslimsmpvusa.org is where you can find out about these individuals we're talking Then there's Zulhat Manan, and he... He is in detention. Oh, he's been threatened. Oh, he no, he was also no, killed. No, he, he was, was killed.
1: Um, he was killed, mach- too. um was <sighs> um in his own apartment by Islamists for his LGBT activism. In Bangladesh. And, yeah, in Bangladesh. And reading him is going to be Kevin Jennings, who... who is the founder of uh, um, Gelson, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. And Kevin Jennings is an incredible human being. And um, we're also um, awarding him the Bad Shachan Beacon of Truth Award because he's been advocating for human rights, for social justice for decades. So there's double double award in honoring him. So...
0: So we're mentioning them briefly, but Zuhat manan requires our attention and some energy in getting familiar with him. He was an employee of the U.S. Embassy at Dhaka, and so uh, it's important to read a little bit more about him. I don't know if there are there for each one of these are there a, a, a better sources for us to, I guess, to become more familiar because honoring them isn't just you know hearing their names mentioned, but I think learning about them it raises the bar about how we all <laughs> yeah, get, yeah see how much skin we all have in the game match yeah. match go part way to what kind of valor all of these honorees have demonstrated. So is it are, yeah. are there really really good places to go for more information about each one of these honored people? Um, probably. Um,
1: I think a Human uh, Amnesty International. Okay. Uh, if you Google their nam- names on their on their website, but what we do at the event is yes. that. Um, their, their story is read in the first person, yes. so Kevin Jennings will be reading Ezul Haqs Manan, and it's, it's a monologue, it's a story um, uh, in the first person, and it's very moving, and it, it details the person's work, um, and uh, what happened, and this was my story, and so it's very powerful, um, so it's not just honoring a name in a few lines, uh, you know, but it's a real story about in the first person,
0: pairing Kevin Jennings' activism LGBT along with Zuhaj's, um, where for which he was. And not
1: only that. Okay, so I'm going to share something with, oh, with your audience. thank you so, so much. So we have um, a Bangladeshi uh, singer, and oh. uh, he is going to sing in Bangladeshi in English, and he's also going to say. Because we have filed, uh, we, we supported his refugee application as an LGBT, so um, he's basically going to testify that his outcome would be probably different had he um, had to return to Bangladesh than rather stay here, um, oh, wow. where he's a very productive citizen of
0: America. So, and and his, the singer's name again? I can't share that. Oh, you can Oh, okay. I'll see. Because it's, um, yeah. you still being, you still protected. Yeah. still very vulnerable. Okay. Well, that's important. Well, and we'll, and I know that all the attendees will respect the yeah. on Sunday that, and I've been to those. I, Eve Ensler has done the very same thing with bringing yes. uh, Afghanis to her, her readings of her different plays, and she's, uh, one that she adopted, actually, an adult woman that she adopted and has protected. We all participated in keeping the name and, ke- and yeah. taking no pictures. Yep. So there okay. is an additional honoree. There's uh, several more. Alham Arab. Yes. Oh, yes, uh, and Alham she's Arab around. Alham um, Arab is an Iranian model
1: who who had her picture taken in, on Instagram without her hijab, and, you know, and as a result of that, she was jailed and interrogated and publicly humiliated in a court case. And so reading her is going to be our own L.A. Zahreen Adamji. She is the a reporter on Fox LA, and she's uh, the only publicly open uncloseted Muslim reporter in LA. So I'm very wow. excited about that.
0: So, um, That's a big one. And do you yeah. think, will there be an opportunity for people to be posted on s- sort of what was recently reported by Nahim Siamdoust in New York Times about young women that are challenging the imposition of the hijab in so many ways? Will that be, yeah. uh, that be a topic?
1: Yeah. So what we we will be doing is um, we'll be there. There's monitors, so we'll probably be um, showing some video footage of all those protests, for example. And, um, yeah, so there's, there's a whole production behind this, obviously.
0: <laughs> obviously, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, for those of you who've just tuned in, you want to know who's laying out this amazing program. My guest is Ani Zonafeld, founder and president of Muslims for Progressive Values, a progressive Muslim voice on contemporary <clears> issues. <throat> and you're hearing about them right now. So she will be – is she safe in – where? Um, where she is living. In Iran? No, she's. Um, no, talking no, i
1: know
0: about, she's, um, she, uh, Ham Arab, the, the model. Right, right. She's, uh, she's no. in Dubai. So yeah. she, is she, she's uh, laying low there, or does she have um, public speaking ever there?
1: No, uh, not as far as I know. I think um, she's pre- laying pretty low. There's not been much publicity or, or, and much activism on her at, at all.
0: <sighs> okay. It's a real silencing. This is. It's, yeah, yeah.
1: It's horrible.
0: It is and the, I guess and that's what the the red thread, the through line with all of these is that uh, these honorees are in no position either they're they're no longer living or they're really they're really shoved to the sidelines and their their activism and their their um forces to be contended with are sort of now more in the abstract they're not able to be fully. Fully realizing their activism, yeah, so, and, that's, really sad. yeah. and that's and yeah. that's really yeah. So yeah. there's a then Newman Afifi, a Malaysian, another LGBTQ activist, is going yeah. to be honored. Yeah.
1: And Newman is a Malaysian, and Malaysia has this reputation of being this moderate, you know, advanced Muslim country. And Malaysia is the country of my birth, and yes. obviously I'm very self-critical of the way Malaysia has become. It's become quite the mini Saudi Arabia. Really? Um, and yeah, it's quite awful, and it's oppression of of uh, religious minorities, and basically even Muslims in general. If you are progressive or a free-thinker type of Muslim, you would be um, hauled up to a sort of a rehab center where you will be in, reindoctrinated with this Wahhabi uh, or Salafi interpretation of Islam. And so uh, we have a chapter, a partner um, organization in Malaysia that we had set up and basically doing and pushing back against uh, the government's Uh, Salafi agenda in education and um, education system and religious institutions. And uh, Newman was, his family was threatened. He lost his job. He um, really went through the ringer and he had to leave Malaysia for some months because he was under such tremendous threat. He is now back in Malaysia because he feels that he has to change the the way society thinks. And he is uh, two out of the three Five honorees that are still alive that we yes. are honoring this year, but obviously uh, very um, much in danger, um, but still doing the work openly so and uh, stubbornly so. But that is so typical of our our progressive um, personalities. Uh, we are stubbornly um, adamant about our inclusive
0: worldview. Well, I'm I'm just anticipating people who can't interview you with me that wondering so. There's, are they, no doubt, Numan, Afifi, and his family still must be threatened, though, because he's still active and in-country. Yes. yes, exactly.
1: We have friends, and we have um, somewhat of a social justice, a um, judicial system that works. Um, and so it is possible still to, to be protected by the civil uh, court system. And um, so we're hoping that that will uh, keep him uh, going. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but in the meantime, you know, we have to keep pushing the envelope from within. Absolutely. And That's who is way. going to be the first person speaker on his behalf at the Celebration of Life on Sunday in L.A.?
1: That's going to be, that is going to be. Oh, I, won't I mean, uh, I mean, Agamal, who is a, an Egyptian American actor, and um, he's uh, LGBT, openly a gay man himself. Um, so he's going to be,
0: he's, he's well known in a TV show called Prison Break. Oh, okay. Well, it, and it's always really interesting. I'm I'm not such a star struck person myself, but I'm I'm very struck by advocates and activists. That's where I get I'm advocate struck, and so um, I, w- it, seeing yeah. these right and seeing these people in this kind of committal life is a uh, yes. it's it's really a real remarkable profile yeah. to see in them. And so we have one more, and yes. uh, Sheikh the, Hamza I'm
1: moving, Imam Hamza kongera he was an imam and um he belongs to he belonged to an umbrella organ uh, umbrella of 26 imams in Burundi and we partner with this organization of 26 imams in an initiative called imams fashi imams fashi are male imams who ha, who advocate for women and girls rights the right to work the right to self determination the right for women young women to decide when to marry who to marry to work outside the home, to keep their earnings, to decide for their own business dealings. And um, Imam Hamza Kangera advocated for women's rights. And he basically, what he did was he went to one of these Salafi mosques and spoke up against the Imam after a sermon, disagreeing with him publicly. He stood up. Uh oh. And did with this imam uh, this radical imam publicly and a few days later he was shot. So um we are honoring him for his um his brevity, yeah.
0: Did he have family and then family are also yes, threatened
1: by yes, his act? Children. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: So are they in Burundi, do you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. They're all in Burundi, yeah. Um and so honoring him is uh the actor Jalen Moore. From the television show Six, and I, and so he's, uh, yeah, Jalen is uh, actually a really uh, a really good match um, because in his television show he um, he is he's with the the U.S. military in Afghanistan and and anyway, there's the whole television show there. So. Okay. <laughs> but um, okay. Yeah, so it's a good match there.
0: So I'm I'm just going to imagine that when you give them all of these. People reading the first-person statement, they have their own careers, their own line of work, and when you yes. come to them with this kind of a forum, this kind of a platform, they must also get goosebumps to be able to participate in such a, in such a deep kind of way. So yes. hats off, Ani, for giving them that chance.
1: Yeah, no. I, but yes, but I I really appreciate the the readers, the presenters because they they see the value and obviously yes. not everyone does. And I I really appreciate them lending their celebrity voices there um because you know, it, it in in some instances I know that it's not really a career enhancing move. But um, but this is about human rights. This is not because uh, it's a religious organization. It's a human rights organization. And how can you how can you argue with that? Right. But I think that there's one more thing that that's not publicly shared yet. Um, okay. Is that there is an LGBT man that we're helping that uh, just had to escape his home country, which I can't even say from where, but it's from a Muslim country. His family basically bailed him out only to try to kill him because he was gay. Wow. And um, so we've been helping him, and um, and we're giving him the stage to talk about his story. Really? Um, yeah. Um, in person. So this His is first, first person?
0: Yes. He's his own first person. Oh, my yes. goodness. Right. Well, I know some people are thinking, I still don't have anything. to I'm free on Sunday. Let's steer everybody to where they can participate in this Sunday. It starts, doors open at 4, and I guess the program starts near 5-ish? Yes. So 4 to 5 is reception. We have
1: really delicious finger foods, um, drinks and a chance to meet like-minded people. And at 5 o'clock is when the program starts, it, and it wraps up by 6.30.
0: So, and people can find out about getting tickets. There's You're on the eventbrite.com, but the information, they can contact info at mpvusa.org. And your yes. number? 323-696-2678. And 3-2-3-6-9-6-2-6-8. folks? 323
1: 696 we will not be selling tickets at the door um, because it's at CBS Studios. Um, there will be security, and so they need the names in advance. So the ticket sales ends at uh, 4 o'clock on Saturday Okay. Afternoon. All right, that's... The twenty fourth
0: of correct. All right,
1: ticket sales end. So twenty four hours before the event starts, tickets and ticket sales end. Yeah.
0: Okay, and, and and you really need to be making sure everyone is safe. You've got to do some kind of vetting because this is super super delicate kind of. Um, there are many many vulnerable people that will be there, and and it's all about giving them all the supportive supportive feeling we can muster for them. I say yeah, stumbling correct. there. So, Ani, what other events do you want to post us on now that we need to be aware of the after Celebration of Life this year that Muslims for Progressive Values are presenting or collaborating in?
1: Yeah. On March, um, uh, one of the imams that we work with that I was sharing with you, yes. the umbrella organization. So we're going to be flying him in from New York because we're doing an event at the United Nations for CSW, the the conference on um, the status of women in March, okay. March nineteenth in New York, right. and on um, on the March the twenty second, we're going to have a um, an event here in in LA. Um, a dinner, and he's going to talk about his work with Imam Fashi and the programming that he does there in the most remote villages. Um, so, that, so I'm very excited about that. That's going to be March 22nd. Um, we don't. Um, we'll have more details um, in, on
0: your website, so we can go to yes. MPV. And yeah, we MPV can find USA. out about that because yeah. I'm not sure we'll get to. Um, we'll get to talk. You'll be at the. You'll be at the New York. uh, yes okay so we might I don't know if we can uh, get a some sort of update with you on that but uh, but March 22nd for people to follow is the dinner uh, in LA to hear this remarkable gentleman and the name you're not mentioning right now but will but later on all those details we'll know who get to see his bio and all that kind of a thing correct yes all right and you're are you going to be on the program or what will you be doing there
1: Um, which one in New York which the status on women Oh yeah, we have a panel um, with, uh, in partnership with UN Women and um, some other UN agencies, and it's going to be basically highlighting the work of Imam Hafan. On the initiative Imams for in the Remote Villages, because the program on CSW is about hearing the voices of rural women and uh, the, their advancement towards SDG number five, which is about women and girls' empowerment. And so we have um, the special rapporteur rep- Karima Banoon, who did a report on cultural rights and radicalism. So she's going to be our panelist. I'll be I'll be uh, the moderator, and uh, UN Women representative uh, will be speaking, including Imam Khafan, who we are very happy to share that he got his visa from Burundi to New York, so to the United States, so finally, so that happened.
0: So Ani, as we wrap up, I'm I'm putting you on the spot, but you're ready. You're ready for this. That you're seeing so many seeds planted so many trees burned down, so many new seeds planted. We're seeing an intensification of tribal cultural wars in this democracy of the United States. But yeah. what, from your vantage point, Ani, as we close here, are you hopeful that we, there is momentum in women being safer and progressive Islamic voices Ceasing eventually to be muffled to the extent they are now,
1: no, I am actually very helpful If I was gonna account on the headlines, I would be pretty depressed, but I know better and um I urge um your audience to not really pay and pay heed too much heed to the headlines because the headlines misses a lot of good things that's happening in the world that doesn't get covered um I think that's important. To the other, the other aspect is, I think, as far as progressive Muslims, you see a lot of these mainstream imams, even here in the United States, shifting their position. Um, some hypocritically, some sincerely, but. Um, Regardless, I think they are now pressured to rethink their theology, their perspective of of Islam, when if they're going to be discriminating of minorities, let's say LGBT rights, well, guess what? You're being discriminated right now, so you better think hard about how you want to, how do you fit into the American society? And so there is really no room for intolerance, particularly if you're Muslim. And uh, if you mm. want to be respected, then you need to respect everybody's rights, regardless of who they are. And I think we're seeing that shift. And MPV, we are shameless and, uh, in calling these people out. You are. Um so <laughs> and we have that track record for a good 10 years now so um so there's a positive shift that's happening our motto is black lives matter too lgbt lives refugees um everyone's lives matter and we are the it, we're all in it together, and we really have to work together. We cannot work on our issues only in a silo manner because it's that divide and conquer. It's that tribalism mentality that obviously does not work. We, as Americans, we're
0: better than that.
1: We, we are. To work together.
0: Yeah. Ani, thank you so much. That's all the time we have. There is so much to say about that, and some of it will be said on Sunday, and I'll be looking back to seeing what more you have to tell us coming back. You've got an open invitation. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Ani. You, My everyone. guest was Ani Zonefeld, founder and president of Muslims for Progressive Values, a progressive Muslim voice on contemporary issues. We'll be right back after a short break and hear from Helen Jacquard, project manager for the Veterans for Peace Golden Rule. Don't go away. <laughs> That was the inestimable, I always say inestimable because I appreciate everybody's beautiful music pairings here, Marcel Khalifi, and that is I Shall Name You, for the obvious reasons we had that one on. Welcome back to the show. My next guest here with her own ambitious projects and unrelenting vigor in her work is Helen Jacquard. She's project manager for Veterans for Peace, Golden Rule. She was a computer programmer and trainer as a career, and she retired at the end of 2010. Once she joined Veterans for Peace as a non-veteran, member in 26. She became co-chair of the Veterans for Peace Nuclear Abolition Working Group, a member of the Veterans for Peace Nuclear Disarmament Campaign, and chaired the former Veterans for Peace Environmental Cost of War and Militarism Working Group. Then as project manager, she travels with the golden rule, and she'll talk about that craft. That's what it's all about today during the sailing season. She is a researcher and co-author of legislation for cleanup of fifth 16,000 abandoned uranium mines in 16 Western states. I think Secretary Zinke wants to add back to those, but we'll, that's another topic. Um, but 16 Western states, of, you know, those uranium mines, as part of the Clean Up the Mines campaign. Helen is a member of the leadership team of Women's International League for Peace and Freedom's Disarm End Wars Issues Committee. As a freelance author, she's written about the environmental effects of military bases in Sardinia, Italy, and Veaques Island, Puerto Rico, as well as resistance to mining in Guatemala and the militarization of police in the U.S. Since February 2015, Helen's devoted her life to the Veterans for Peace Golden Rule project. She believes that education is key to, to creating a culture for development and possession of nuclear weapons is an unthinkable crime against humanity and the planet. She earned her Bachelor's of Science in Chemical Engineering at the University of Washington. She comes to us today from San Diego just before setting sail. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Helen Jacquard. Thank you very much, Claudia. Thank you. Well, this is quite this activist relic, the Golden Rule, sailboat right from the start uh, where it launched originally in, uh, from San Pedro in 1958, 60 years ago. Tell us about what's been the charter all these long years, the mission of the Golden Rule. So
2: in 1958, the Golden Rule was sailed by four Quaker anti-nuclear peace activists, towards the Marshall Islands to try to interfere with nuclear bomb testing. And that was because between 1946 and 1958, the United States bombed the Marshall Islands with nuclear bombs 67 times. The nuclear bombs caused radiation sickness, cancer, birth defects, and other radiation-related health problems that persist to this day. Women in the Marshall Islands still give birth to jellyfish babies, um, which have translucent skin and no bones and die quickly. The atomic blast in the 1940s and 50s produced an isotope of strontium that doesn't exist in nature, and the winds were blowing this all over the world. Strontium-90 acts like calcium in the body, so it goes to your bones and your teeth and mother's milk and cow's milk. And because internal radiation is much more serious than external radiation, and we all have it in our bones and teeth, it's it's a serious problem today. So this group of Quakers um, decided that since they weren't getting anywhere with letters to the editor and protests and demonstrations, that they would do something really drastic and put their lives on the line to try to stop nuclear bomb testing in the Pacific. So they bought this boat, and they headed out towards the Marshall Islands. They were stopped by the U.S. government in Honolulu. The crew spent two months in jail. But just the arrest produced a firestorm of demonstrations and uh, fury by all the people in the United States and the world. And the nuclear bomb tests in the Marshall Islands did stop in 1958. And President Kennedy signed the Limited Nuclear Test Ban Treaty, with the U.K. and the U.S.S.R. in 1963. So this had wow. a tremendous effect on the future of the Cold War. The, the captain sold the boat in 1958 um, in Honolulu, and nothing was heard from her until 2010. She was floating around in Humboldt Bay, yeah. and she sank. Then she was dragged up into the boatyard of Leroy Zerling, and he almost used her for a bonfire, but Veterans for Peace, Quakers, and dozens of volunteers showed up and said to Leroy, would you give us a year in your boatyard so we can restore the Golden Rule and put her back on her original mission? And he agreed, okay. and yeah. it took five years. Okay. But in June 2015, she was relaunched into the waters of Humboldt Bay. Hundreds of people came to wish her well, and she began the current mission, Sailing for a Nuclear-Free World, um, and to educate people about the dangers of radiation in the environment.
0: So that's fast forwarding those 60 years. So mm-hmm. t- uh, you talked a little bit about uh, some of the organizations that have been coalescing with you, but the, in the, the figures in the beginning, and I think maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Hiroshima maidens, and I'm going to slaughter her name. I don't want to. Shigeko, Samori, uh, Samori and um and then albert bigelow that, uh, was a naval officer that defied the the uh, sort of uh, limits on where the where activists could penetrate some of the nuclear testing areas but the I, the hiroshima maidens and and this mori they she was she was around as late as this as 2015 is she still living Yeah, shige i'm sorry if i misspelled the name somewhere but it's uh,
2: shigeko sasamori
0: Okay, no, And I
2: must she was brought you. over by Norman Cousins, um, along with 24 other uh, women that had survived the blast of Hiroshima. And these were the most scarred and disfigured women because they did have a program for reconstructive surgery in Japan. But they had really great experts in New York. So these women came to New York for reconstructive surgery, and two of them stayed with Albert Bigelow's uh, family, the first uh, captain of the ship. Um, So, yeah, Albert Bigelow was a career Navy officer, and his Navy destroyer was approaching Pearl Harbor when he heard about the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and he immediately quit his commission over the horrific act that our government had just committed and started on a path towards that led to the voyage of the Golden Rule.
0: So, um, And you've met her yourself? Yeah. So I was at the launch
2: party June 2015. She came to the launch. Uh, She's actually a friend of one of the Quaker activists that's part of the the Golden Rule support group. And uh, she was the one who smashed the champagne bottle over her bow as she was entering the water.
0: Wow. Yeah, wow. I'm I'm sure it felt like being with utter utter royalty to be around someone with so so much uh, resilience and and uh, commitment to to uh, more enlightened agendas, uh, to say the very very least.
2: Well, that's true of all the Hibakusha, the survivors of the atomic bombs, radiation survivors. Is um, you know, there's a whole group of them. Their average age is in their 80s now and we need to listen to them before they all die.
0: Yes. And so there and there is an opportunity then uh, to honor them as we could say that there are many ambitious voyages that the Golden Rule has taken prior and now every you're getting ready for the 2018 plans to be uh, pulled off. So tell us what the plans are and then we'll talk about the open boat, not open house but the open boat. Uh, <laughs> Ceremonies. <laughs> yes. Uh, so tell us about what is going to happen when uh, what's the launching for 2018?
2: Right. June 1st from San Diego, we're headed to Hawaii. And that's because of the threats of them going on with the United States and North Korea and other tensions in the Asia Pacific. Um, and of course, we had that nuclear attack false alarm in Hawaii. They want us there. And so we're coming, and um, we're going to help spread the word about what happened in the Marshall Islands and talk to everybody in Hawaii. We want to visit at least six islands, and then we're going to head to the Marshall Islands, finally, and Guam and Okinawa and Japan. So we'll be in Japan in 2020 for the 75th anniversary of the dropping of the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki.
0: So a frank question. I may be broadside you here, Helen Jacquard, but... The false alarm story in Hawaii—it just the the more I hear backtracking on that, I don't know where the backtracking stops. Do you have a sense that there is much that has not been explained in that whole protocol and the 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 agency and the employee and all that that we we ought to understand a bit better in terms of where where this nuclear proliferation and policies and protocols all fit in together in a not so neat package
2: it's actually i think a good thing that two things i think it's good that trump was elected so that he could allow all of the people of the united states to understand that only one person can launch an atomic strike and start a nuclear war and i think too that the false alarm in in hawaii happened because it woke people up and now people know that this danger is real So I'm actually glad that this is all going on because we need to have a strong anti-nuclear movement and we need to get a groundswell of the public talking about let's get rid of the first strike capability of the president and, you know, without any say-so from Congress. And let's sign on to the United Nations nuclear weapons ban that was just passed by 122 countries on July 7,
0: 2017. Okay, just last half well half a year a gestation period ago as it were, well, uh, you're you're pulling in to Newport Beach Thursday. You're gonna have a press event on Friday, and you have events planned for the public Saturday and Sunday. You're pulling in at the Newport Sea Base. I'm gonna give the address one nine three one West Coast highway there's something for everyone helen tell us what the schedule events is going to do for the public and sort of teach in moments and signing people on to for activities and various kinds of roles people can play to support this effort from now until until the end of time
2: (laughs) right exactly So we're offering people a chance to see the boat and meet the crew and talk about nuclear issues as much as they want, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., Friday through Monday. So everybody should get a chance to come see this amazing, beautiful boat with its bright red sails, one sail a giant peace symbol on it, the other sail a giant Veterans for Peace logo. And so the big event Is Sunday, February 25th from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Newport Sea Base. And um, Adelia Sandoval of the Wahanyam Band of Mission Indians will welcome us to their land. Um, We're going to socialize, meet the crew, enjoy wine and refreshments and a silent auction. But as a really big thing that's going on is the world premiere of a brand-new documentary called Making Waves. The Rebirth of the Golden Rule. The filmmaker and the producer will be there to talk about the film and answer questions. Um, admission is $30 at the door through Eventbrite Golden Rule Fundraiser or just go to our website, vfpgoldenruleproject.org, or on Facebook, it's Golden Rule Peaceboat, or you can call me, Helen Jackard, at 206 206- 992 For any information you want to get about how to be involved, um, we need lots of volunteers.
0: And we'll talk about those. But for those of you who have just joined us here on Ask a Leader on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, you're listening to Ask a Leader. My guest is Helen Jacquard. She's a peace activist, journalist, photographer, project manager for the Veterans Peace golden rule that's sailing into Newport Beach this very week. And she's posting us on all of the activities there at the Newport Sea Base. All the contact information and details, we're posting it with the podcast for the show. So if anybody was not able to get all those numbers and email websites, all those down. So you are fanning out for all kinds of talent. There's everybody could do something. So let us just, why don't you just run a list of some of the kinds of needs that you have, what uh, listeners, how they can get involved, the crew, the funding, organizing, all the roles that you have, they're, they're pretty infinite.
2: That's true. We always need crew. Um, we, we need another one or two people that have sailed to Hawaii before in a sailboat. So oh. um, we have a crew application form online for that. Okay. We, okay. Um, we're going to need money to prepare the boat and to have an advance crew go to um, Hawaii to make sure that they are ready to receive us. So there's a donate button on our website that you can use for that. We need organizers. Um, if you want us to come uh, speak to your group and or you want to organize an event, we need that. We need liaisons with other groups. So if you belong to some group, let us know. Uh, We need authors. We produce a newsletter. We post on Facebook and the web. um, So we could always use authors and speakers. We could use some more Golden Rule ambassadors to be public speakers. Um, Of course, we need people to submit photographs and videos and make films about us and and do graphic designs. Occasionally, we need some help with boat construction. Um, Wherever we go, we need shore support. Possibly um, a host family to stay with or people to feed us, um, things like that. And one of the fun, cool things though is anytime you're doing organizing, yes. you also need the other half. You need the arts. We need songwriters, musicians, and artists and poets. And so you can email me those submissions, um, VFP Golden Rule Project at gmail.com. And let us put those up on the website so that people can use them at our rallies and events.
0: Right, the arts that give additional traction to activist efforts.
2: Well, we make all of our decisions first in our heart, and then our brain says why we made that decision. And (laughs) art is the way to do that.
0: Right. Well, Helen, if folks... If they can't make it, you said the, the activities are through Monday, not till Monday. I, I think I trimmed that one day, but it's all the way through Monday, three, the, um, 11 yes, to 3? Yes, okay, so up until
2: 3 o'clock, and sometime after that we're going to sail away back down to San Diego. So
0: if folks miss you this coming weekend, for those of you listening live, what other opportunities have they to, to check out Golden Rule before you launch in June for Hawaii?
2: You should email me, vfpgoldenruleproject at gmail.com, or call me, 206-992-6364. And you can arrange to see the boat, have a speaker, go sailing with us. Uh, We take people out sailing two or three times per month. So, you know, it's kind of limited, so you want to get your requests in kind of early, but I'll let you know the schedule when I talk to you. So, yeah, but we love to sail, and we love to talk with people.
0: Okay. Well, Helen, did you have any other pitch for listeners to contribute in any way and step up and support you with the Golden Rule Project before we close? Come to the party and send us money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that's, that is all the time we have. I'm really glad we could have this time together. Thank you so much, Helen Jacquard. Thank you, Claudia. It was wonderful to talk with you. My guest was Helen Jacquard, peace activist, journalist, photographer, project manager for the Veterans for Peace Golden Rule, tirelessly taking every public speaking platform she can find in churches, in city halls, all up and down the the West Coast, and I imagine other places uh, throughout. So uh, I'll just post you with that for now. Thank you so much. So, just to close, I wanted to share with you that um, for those of you who've been wondering uh, about my guests, Charles and Mary Lee Black, who are always dealing with uh, their in, in the face of uh, repeated massacres at schools, they survive a son that was killed by a, a, a firearm. And, uh, and else, so thinking of them, it's hard for them each time, it's um, every type of public shooting it always pulls off a scab of surviving family members. They're doing all right, but it's something to consider. This was my wrap. Next week, I'm gonna devote the full hour to Keramit Ryder, UCI's Department of Criminology, Law and Society, to talk about her new book that is 23-7 Pelican Bay Prison and the Rise of Long-Term Solitary Confinement. We may also have joining her, someone who has served in and has been released from solitary confinement. So it's a shameful way that California has been leading right up to the present. Talk with you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening.